the Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast featuring the Crop Doctors. Hey folks, Jason Bond in the podcast studio in Stoneville, Mississippi. Today I have Tom Allen with me as usual, and we also have Mr. Mark Silva with us, and we're going to talk to Mark about his job here at the station uh, related to capturing all the weather information around the Delta. So Mark, good to have you. Thank you. Tom, I welcome your comment about the music. I'm just astonished still. First of all, I hadn't heard it in these headphones yet. I'd heard them on straight MacBook uh, sound. I hadn't heard it on the surround sound system in my office. Had heard it on AirPods. Phenomenal on the headphones in the studio. Much better. I'm still breathless. Thanks to the folks in Ag Communications and Starville for recording us new music, intro music and outro music. So Yes, uh, slightly new branding, all new music. Yeah, so we'll have our our new logo will be attached to this one too. And now Tom's Crop Doctor Twitter is officially off and running. Yep, live. Y'all pick it up. So now will you finally put the video of yourself on that Twitter? Maybe I'll put that on there, yeah. Because I want to keep asking you about it until you just do it. I'm sorry, I'll have to work that out. Or you into could give mix. me access to the Twitter and I'll do it. Ooh, we could do that, couldn't we? Yeah. Tag team the access? That's novel. Actually it's not. That's no, it's it's not. I know it's not. It just is impressive to say that. I'm still way behind on most things. I'm still at home trying to tend to duties. Tracy's up and about a whole lot better. She definitely Dude, at can, some point it just becomes an excuse. <laughs> well, I've actually started to worry because very few people have actually physically seen her in the fact that she has a scar on her leg and everything else. And I don't necessarily take pictures of that type of stuff and throw it all over Twitter. And I'm off of Facebook at this She's point. She's probably walking circles around you. She is not walking circles around me. She's kind of like almost peg leg Pete at this point still kind of hobbling along. But she's definitely getting a lot better. She can move. Well, that's a step in the right direction. She whacked me with one of her crutches. You probably deserved it. I guarantee I deserved it. All right, so Mark's over here waiting for us to introduce him. Yeah, like we keep just yim yam about whatever. Mark, here's a new podcast thing that we're doing. Tom's looking at me like I've got two heads. We'll get around to who Mark Silva is, but before we start... Tell people what your favorite sandwich is and why. Favorite sandwich? Probably a meatball hoagie. From where? Well, maybe don't maybe don't say where. Maybe don't say where. We don't want to. From my kitchen. We don't want to endorse. <laughs> From my mother's anything. kitchen. <laughs> Tom, where do you stand on meatball hoagies? I like meatball hoagies, but. I've attempted to eliminate most bread products from my life. Yeah, okay. Grains are not necessarily. We're not. Good in, for we're you. not. In, we're not interested in that. So, you not being from here. What's the difference between a meatball hoagie and a meatball po' boy? I don't know that I could specifically address that question. I don't. I may have just stepped in it. I don't know if I can either. Mark the bread. I don't know. That that was my. Well, if Don was here, it certainly would be the bread. Yeah. And Don. Oh no, he's a Louisiana. Don's roots being he's from a Louisiana, Louisiana purist. Don't that's know. right. It would be the bread. Mark, why don't you just take a couple minutes, tell people who you are, where you're from. How you got the DREC, and then we'll get into the, the interesting stuff about your what you do here. Uh, I'm Mark Silva. I'm from Indianola, Mississippi. Uh, I got hired in 99 and 
came here to run run the weather unit for the extension service. Was this your first job right out of this college? This was my first job right out of college. Uh, graduated at uh, UAM, Arkansas Monticello. Bow Weevils. Bow Weevils. Got hired here and uh, got my master's at Mississippi State in uh, the year of 2001. What's your master's in? Uh, ag science. Tell us about your specific function and your role here at DREC. Well, what we do here at DREC, in 1996, the National Weather Service, before I came, had a presence here. In 98, they left, short of funding, and uh, they used to keep all the weather records and data here at the station. What records were they keeping? Was that like area-wide records, or was there a National Weather Service weather station here? There's a there's a National Weather Service station here, okay, and it's been present for over a hundred years. And they've been someone has been taking data by hand there. National Weather Service came on, continued to take the data, and the station is still here. After they left, there was a need for weather data in this area for all the researchers. The Extension Service thought it was a need for a weather network here in the Delta, here at Stonewall. So in 98, they established the Delta Agricultural Weather Center, which started on three, had the station here, and they had three on-farm sites, one in Onward, one in Tunica, and one at Beasley Lake, south of Indianola. Well, when we took that over, we uh, took over those stations and from there since our network has grown tremendously. So you said that we've been capturing weather information here for over a, a hundred years. Do we have weather going all the way back to when the station was organized in 1904? I don't know if it quite, I don't know the exact year when it started, but it's been well over a hundred years. Wow. Did you know that, Tom? No. I, I knew I knew you could get most of the weather data back to a certain date, mostly because we, we have published those 30-year norms that tend to be based right. on Stoneville weather data. So how many stations do you have now, Mark? We have 26 stationary stations that are statewide. Uh, although we are located in the Delta, we are not specifically putting stations in the Delta. We, are, we put them statewide. We have 26 stations. Throughout the state, we only we have even one on the Gulf Coast at the research center there. And we stretch all the way up from Tunica to the Gulf Coast, to startable and in between. The parameters that we take are temperature, humidity, solar radiation, wind speed, wind direction, rainfall, and soil temps. It's two and four inches. That data is constantly being, through cellular modems, it's constantly being downloaded and brought into the station here which is that we have a website that you can log on and, and, and get all this data we offer 30-day data and seven-day hourly data plus 15-minute data which is real-time data which you can log on and see what's happening at the station then uh, we also archive all data that uh, is coming in and uh, that you can access it through our site do all of those stations capture I, mean, I know they capture most of the parameters you listed off but do they all capture that basically real-time data that every 15 minutes yes they do okay. every 15 minutes so you can go on our website and uh, i'll give that toward the end yeah. of our, our web address and uh, you can go on our website and see what that station is doing right then before we were getting data every 24 hours 
So the grower or the researcher, whoever was looking at the data, would have to wait to the next day to see what happened. Well, we need to know what's happening in the field. We know through applications, through the you know wind speed, wind direction, rainfall, temperatures. So we thought we need that real-time data. That way uh, someone can access that data then and see what's going on into the field. We thought that was very, very important. So is that a fairly recent upgrade to the system? Yes, it is. It's uh, about two years. We've been doing about two years, and uh, it's been going really smooth, and the feedback we have gotten has been tremendous. People like being able to go on and seeing, like I said, what's going on into the field. Then uh, you won't have to wait to the next day. Uh, you can see rainfall in that area. You can see the wind speed, wind direction every 15 minutes. And uh, we thought that very helpful for the grower, uh, you know, and research. So with 26 locations and 82 counties, I mean, we basically got a station every three counties or so. Cor- correct. And I can't do that math right off the top of my head. And our goal when we first started out, we wanted to put two stationary stations out. Uh, this past growing season, believe it or not, we put six new stations out. And we also put mobile weather stations out in the Mississippi State variety trials for corn and soybeans. We've done it in rice and we've done it in cotton. And those stations consist of rainfall, temperature, humidity, wind speed, and wind direction. And you can also access that information off our website. And we have 15-minute data and all that data is archived also through our website. How much do those locations change year to year? A lot of them stay the same, but we have a few that change year to year, but they're generally in the same county, same area. And we do move them. We do bring them in, service them, clean them up, calibrate the instruments and everything, and then we put them back out in the area where the variety trial is going to be. Yeah, and I I think a lot of listeners may not know much about those weather stations. Those are pretty basic computer innards in those, for lack of a better term. And they everything's basically plug and play then for each of the instruments for that. So when you service all that, I mean, it's pretty important, obviously, then to keep the world out of that because I know I've dealt with some of those myself, some of those more advanced weather stations. And, and you all do a good job making sure that insects don't get in there and birds don't foul up any of that precipitation gathering equipment uh, and then, of course, you do something to keep the snakes out and everything else because that, be, that can be not fun to go sticking your hands in there. Correct. During the growing season, throughout the season, we really actually babysit these weather stations. We were out servicing them. I have two uh, summer students that work, and since we're stretched all over the state, it's very important to keep these stations running, keep them clean, uh, weed control, make sure the rain uh, buckets are not stopped up because... Data is really critical, especially during the growing season. Uh, We don't want to have a week where a station is not recording because nine times out of ten, someone's going to call for that station (laughs) wanting to know, can I get the rainfall? And, you know, we don't want to say, well, we got this gap in data. Now it happens. We we realize that. But I really take pride in keeping those stations clean and keeping keeping them working because no one wants to go on the website that needs this data for their research or if there's a grower wanting to know the rainfall in that area and the data's not there. We have been praised for that. I have people telling me, you know, look back two or three years and we don't have any gaps. Now, we're not perfect, but we strive to be 
as best as we can and give the best weather data, you know, that we can. And I think we bump into those stations at random. Don't mm-hmm. know where they all are, obviously, right. uh, personally. But, you know, when you see them, it's obvious that y'all spend a lot of time doing Correct. that because it's it's a well-kept area around it and they're, they're maintained well. So certainly appreciate that. It fascinates me, though, Mark, you're talking about the fact that you've, you've been here in this role for a, a number of years. Do you have any stations that have been, or weather stations, that have been off the research station at a single site, like for the length of your time oh, yes. at DREC? We had stations that the first year I was here in areas like Lyon, Mississippi, when I first got there, that station was there. And it's still there in the same. Now, we've upgraded it. A lot of the stations that uh, were present during that time, you know, have been upgraded but but are still out there. And what I was getting to by saying that is you have some pretty long-standing relationships with some stakeholders in the, in the area. We do. We are supported by the um, Mississippi Corn Promotion Board, Cotton Incorporated, Mississippi Rice Promotion Board, and Mississippi Soybean Promotion Board. We have been fully supported by them since I've took on this role with with the weather unit. Tom, when we talk about checkoff dollars, and, and we often talk about checkoff dollars, we always acknowledge promotion boards when we give presentations. But then program like this, which obviously is integral to a lot of what we do, doesn't get a lot of FaceTime, so to speak, but still a very important outlet for those checkoff dollars. Well, and I think we all take it for granted because most of us here in Stoneville are using that data in one respect or another. And, and I know I, I rely on the weather data, especially the rainfall data, annually for some things. In weed science, it's even more important now because of the record keeping that's required for some of the applications in some of the herbicide technologies, you know, these are good assets to be able to use for that because most people wouldn't have any kind of weather station, personal weather station on their own farm. And there are some, but this is a a great resource to be able to capture some of that data as well. Well, and not only that, you've, you've added the cellular input and being able to upload and capture those data without having to send somebody out there. You really can determine if there's a issue at one of those weather stations rather than taking the time to send somebody out there to look at all those. One thing you mentioned when we started and didn't elaborate too deeply on was the fact that your weather system captures 30-year norms. So once you kind of tell people how you do that, how much of that is available, and then what that information can be used for. About two years ago, there we had the 30-year norms here in Stonewall. Well, two years ago, we went back and got the new 30-year norms. So after we did this, about every 10 years, you need to redo it. So we thought it was very important, and the Soybean Promotion Board pointed out that they used that a lot, requested us that we redo it and get it up to date. So we did that, and I think Tom uses that 30-year norm, correct? I I rely on those 30-year norms to consider deviation in temperature, precipitation, and those type of instances and how that differs for your disease pyramid. 
it's not just for the disease pyramid, but thank you for pointing that out, Jason. I like geometry entered into any conversation that I, I listen, have. man. I listen. You do listen. That's that's impressive. And that's the thing to really point out is those thirty year norms are typically updated every decade. Right. And it's it's based then on We haven't had any screwy years in the last decade. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like not not that you can look over the last few years and look at a huge deviation from that normal, but it should also be pointed out that those norms are not necessarily just averages. They're what's considered a normal and they're based on some other statistical process that calculates those values for each of the components of weather that are captured. So that makes my brain hurt. I don't even want to know. <laughs> it does a little bit. It's kind of hard to wrap your mind around that. But it's it's fairly important then, not only from a meteorological standpoint, but also for science. Correct. Especially when you talk about plant diseases, disease epidemics, and how those things develop. And there's a huge difference, like he pointed out, between a norm and an average. That's right. If I'm looking at the 30-year normal high temperature, I would have just thought it was the last 30 years, the average of today's high temperature for the last 30 years. That There's books that have been written on some of those things in pretty large papers. It's kind of like the yearly rainfall in the state of Mississippi. It's like not an average. There's a difference between an average and a norm. You have normal rainfall, and then you have average rainfall. And, and those are typically calculated. There is, in fact, a spreadsheet that you can access or you used to be able to through their website that would give you those norms by month. We do have a uh, data comparison spreadsheet that's on the site. Y'all are blowing my mind now. I have no idea what. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even ask an intelligent question about a norm. Y'all have taught me something because I legitimately thought it was just an average uh, until y'all started talking about well, it. Well, and for the purposes of publishing scientific data in most plant pathology-based journals, they really want a comparison to some of those weather variables to talk about why that's important within a certain subset of years. Because of the disease pyramid. You had said moments ago it was a triangle. No, You're I didn't. I said, pyra- I said pyramid the first time. I think you said disease triangle. Well, in my brain, I said pyramid. Unfortunately, we don't have somebody sitting on the couch to give us the playback. Well, but it's okay. You can represent them as the same. Well, not necessarily the same thing. The pod, the, the podcast editor also has access to the podcast. The pyramid does capture time. I much prefer disease pyramid because it captures time. And I know you did. That's why I used it. And I'm pretty sure I used it the first time, but I might be wrong. I think you're wrong. I may be. Now, <laughs> now I'm not sure. Well, Mark, that's awesome, man. And again, you you taught me something this morning too. So make sure before we leave, that everybody knows where we can access the information that you have, because I really think that maybe we have it in promoting programs at DREC and then talking about where we get the information that we use. We've probably been negligent in promoting uh, your program. So why don't you tell folks how we can get to it? Well, you can access our uh, site through the web, through www.deltaweather.extension.msstate.edu, 24 hours seven days a week. The data is there. Failed to mention that uh, on also our sites, we offer the DD50 Rice program that you can access. We uh, offer DD60s information, uh, corn, cotton, and soybean planting recommendation page based on uh, archive weather data and frost-free dates. Like I said, you can access it www.deltaweather.extension.msstate.edu. You can contact me at uh, 
my email, marks at drec.msstate.edu. If you need archive weather data that goes back farther than what we have on our site, we do not archive things 10 years ago or 20 years ago. If it goes back farther than that, we can we do archive it, but I'll have to work up the data and, and I can send it to you. If anything, you know, you need in the past that it's not accessible through the site. That's that's good information. I know you know our listeners should know. I I I access it several different ways. You can even access it on your phone and look at those data and Correct. then you can choose a custom data drop down or not drop down but custom data download then if you want to download it as a, a csv file or some other text format into excel that yeah. works pretty well i do a Correct. lot of that that's that's the easiest way for me to work through data most of the time i'm just capturing like a month or two months or something so i select my you know range of dates and then you can copy and paste and it'll paste directly into Excel too, which is really nice for my purposes. That yeah. it's a lot easier for me to share a file with someone that we did, you know, some kind of research for. Correct. And, and, and when you pick your, your timeline and then you pick your parameters, like uh, Tom said, you can it there's export button at the bottom of the page and it'll ax, it'll export it into Excel and it also puts all the headings up there. Yeah. To your date, rainfall and everything like that. So, it's all there with one click of the button, and your data's there, all your headings there. Uh, you don't have to jump through a lot of hoops to get it. It's it's fairly easily accessible. As usual, we thank all our listeners. Really appreciate you, take, you taking time out from your busy day to listen to us. If you need anything from those of us here in Stoneville, just track us down. Please get in, in contact with us. We'd be more than happy to help you. Mark, thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me. We appreciate it. The Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast is a production of Mississippi State University Extension.